So hello. Hey. Hey, Queen. Hey. How did you find that last episode? That was really interesting, wasn't it? I fucking hated it. Mm. I'm joking. Loved it. It was really informative. Really good. I learned a lot, you know. And let me just say welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast, guys. My name is Amir Dean, the one who invented electricity. I am Amir. I'm not giving full names out here, bitch. Um, the not blonde one anymore. Yeah, welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. This is very much a continuation from that episode. This is episode two. So I think we stopped the last episode talking about Ishwarya Rai. Ugh, you could talk about it forever. Well, hold that thought because here's part two. Like, like Ashwari Rai, like, what do you actually think of Ashwari Rai? Uh, Ashwari Rai is one of the last greats. And it's interesting because I watched an interview of hers recently and they, uh, somebody said that you have like an old world charm about you. And she said that whenever she's gone to work on set, people have attributed her to some yesteryear's actors and stuff. And they all, they've always said, oh, you've, you know, you're from a, of, of a different era. And she said, oh, that's fine. I'm in good company. And it's interesting because that was being said, because I've always regarded her as that in a way. I think... Uh, she is somewhat in a league of her own, but also she reminds me of that great lineage of female actors like Meena Kumari, Madhubala, Sri Devi, Madhuri Dixit, and then after, after you know, in that line, I'd say I'd say Ishwarya Rai is definitely up there. She's someone who is incredibly beautiful, and incredibly aesthetically pleasing, but I think that does damage to her great acting. Because if you take that away, if you put a, you know, just a kapra over her face or something and just made her act, you'd be blown away because she's... And interestingly, that's what happened with Sarabjit because in Sarabjit, the film that she did in 20, 2000... What was it now? 16 maybe? Or 17? Yeah. She looked completely different. That was amazing. And she was phenomenal. She was absolutely phenomenal. And another film that left a massive mark on me uh, with Ishwarya Rai was Raincoat. You would love the film Raincoat. Again, it's about these um, uh, two lovers who meet and they've married their own respected spouses and they have an encounter where they meet each other. And the entire film takes place in one bedroom, in in one room, pretty much. Apart from a few flashbacks, the entire film, and there are reams and reams of dialogues that these characters read. And I thought, my God, how has she managed to remember all of it? And the way the story comes about, and there is nothing, you know, there's no aesthetics being played with. Do you know what I mean? The way she's all glamorous in there, it's not that, all of that's taken away, and it's so, like, the dialogues, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of improv done in that film. And it's just phenomenal. And you think to yourself, my God, she's someone who is inexhaustible in her talent. And, like, the gays eat her up. They yeah, love they her. Do. But I, I agree with you. I think because she's so beautiful and stunning and aesthetically pleasing, mm. I think she's sort of underrated as an actress. Very. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, she's beautiful and she's okay at acting. Mm. And it's like, don't get muscle, don't get, you know. And it hasn't worked in her favour, I guess, in that way. No. Because she is a great actress. Yes, she is. She's a fantastic, every time I've seen her, I'm like, I'm. she embodies that role in that character. She no does. No matter how small or large the role in that film is, she's phenomenal. Yeah, and apparently she is really good with uh, continuity, apparently. she's. I have a friend who was a journalist who's uh, uh, interviewed some of these actors, including her father-in-law, Amitabh Bachchan, and he used to tell me stuff as well. But yeah, she's, she's really astute on set. 
By the way, how have we not spoken about my favourite actress of all time? Well, we, we are going to get them saving okay. up for later. Okay. Maybe that's part of the quick fire. Okay. Who knows? Girl, this episode is going to be so long. Can I like go off a bit? Mm-hmm. Like just go off the films a bit and just yeah, talk about a few off. topics that like people want to like know about. Yeah. So like, um, which one know like, you know, older actors are being paired with like younger mm-hmm. co-actors in romantic roles. What do you think about that? Like, are we... Yeah, just what do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's really, really interesting, actually. I remember the big gag was when Rabne Banadi Jodi came out. At that time, Shah Rukh Khan was in his 40s. Yeah. He must have been at least 46, I'd say. Let's go with 46. Yeah, around about that age. And he was paired with a fresh face who was 18 years old. Wow. 18 years old. What do you think to that? There was another film that was called, I think, Girls, And the leading man was Himesh Reshamya, who was in his 30s. And his leading lady was 15 years old. Which is just crazy. No. She was 15 years That's old terrible. in that film. That's terrible. And it's something that has, has happened uh, along... As time's gone on. And I don't have any issue per se, with the age difference in pairing. What I do have an issue with is the context behind it and the intent behind which it's happened. Men don't seem to age in society. Women do. And historically, after a certain point, a woman is not considered uh, as desirable. And that's the reason why women kept on getting younger and younger and younger and men just kept on getting older or in denial of their age. Honestly, there are films out there, Bollywood films, where there's a man who's blatantly in his 40s wearing a school costume and acting like as if he's a college kid. And you think to yourself, who are you fooling? But the audience laps it up and Mm -hmm. they'll be chasing after younger women. And that's fine because that shows that they're virile and they can still get it. And that I completely disagree with. There's been interviews. um, There was one interview about Madhuri Dixit and somebody said, you know, she's in her 40s now. She's in her 50s now. But at the time she was in her 40s and they said, you know, she's said that she's still going to be acting and she's still going to be doing the the same stuff. And she's, you know, she's going to challenge herself. What do you have to say about that? And it was one of the leading, former leading female actresses that said good luck and there was one of her former male colleagues who said no she should go home and she should stay at home because a woman is uh, traditionally only considered desirable uh, until the point of marriage then you become somebody else's property your priorities change and you're expected to have children and that rhetoric is why in my opinion one of the reasons why the women would often in Bollywood, you, you you could you can literally Google this and you'll notice so many of the women in Bollywood up until recently would have a massive drop off in their career, married or otherwise, after the point of sort of 30, 35. They would just disappear or they'd go on to do something or they'd get married off. or They're still so young. It's nothing. You know. That's me. That, that's like saying I will peak in five years. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've peaked already, but that's a different story. I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's what would happen. So I disagree with it. But I tell you what I absolutely love is how Madhuri Dixit has silently flipped it. She did a film. Say, for example, she did a film with um, Vinod Chopra way back when in like the 80s. And then she did a film with her, her, uh, his son in the 90s playing work, the leading lady. Work. She did a film with Rishi Kapoor in the 90s 
uh, well, a couple of films, I think she did. And then she did the song Ghagra with his son in the 2000s. How do you think she's managed to flip it? What do you think she's done? What has Madhu Dixit done, apart from never had plastic surgery? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> no, no, to like, to make that change. I'm joking. To like, she's be relevant and make that, make that change. We know she's a legend. Yeah, she's one of those rare ones. I think one way that she stayed relevant is by keeping up. She has not shied away from saying, or, you know, learning and moving with the times. If you look at the roles that she did in the 80s, 90s, it's very, very different to what she's done in the 2000s and 2010s and, and, and going going forward. And to a certain extent, that's um, what the male actors have done as well. I mean, obviously, they've had more of an opportunity to do it. Of course. And she's been smart enough not, smart enough not to go after the patriarchy. She's like, she's like, yep, male dominated, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. This is who I am. And I'm just going to continuously do it. And she has had confidence because when, when she was in her 30s, just before Devdas started shooting, she got married. And she made that privy to the director saying, look, I've got married. And he said, I don't care. I'm still going to have you as part of my film. So she acknowledged the fact that she's got married and maybe she won't be considered desirable. And he was like, no, that's fine. Then she took a break, raised her kids, came back and... It was her sheer talent that just kept her in the game continuously where where people are like, yeah, we still want to see you. And she still sells the ticket. So I think for, like, for her, it's, it's you know, staying relevant and doing that, but also and fighting smart. You yeah. know, she's like, actually, this is my table. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not a seat at the table. This is my table. Mm. And I am the most talented here. I am the best at what I do mm-hmm. and making sure you stay in people's minds. So... Instead of just attacking, you know, the patriarchy, she she has in in fact attacked the patriarchy, and, but in a very intelligent, smart way by and, using her talent and what she has. And absolutely, absolutely. And one really key thing is that she's somebody who knows her worth. There's been actresses before who've done a great film, won a national award, and then some actor said, you know, you do realize that you've peaked. And Madhuri Dixit, when she released Hamab Ke Hai um. Uh, no, sorry, Dil to Pagal here in 1997, her critics were writing her off saying that she's peaked. And when she won the Filmfare Award, she said, for all those people who said that I should go home and pack my bags, I think this says it all. Yes, I live, and she's, I live. And she's, she's, she's a Taurus. We, we share the same birthday, I by the way. the same actual day. Yeah, we're born on the same you day. You think you are her. And, and like she, and, and she, she has that strong sort of point of view. Also, the time that she was around, she helped all the leading men with their careers. Amir Khan, Shah Rukh Khan, Salman Khan, all have done great films and they started their careers after her. So she's been around before them and they have all credited her and said how much of a support she was. She is like true legend and she is your favourite Yeah, she's actress, my favourite actress, person, all time. human, anything. Why is she your favourite then? Um, I just admire her talent. She has this aura about her she for me what i like in an actor is the fact that they should be an entertainer i don't really care for acting i care for somebody who is able to light up a screen and so when you've finished watching it your the takeaway that you have is boy was i entertained and that doesn't mean that it has to be a funny film or a sad film, you can be entertained in very different ways. Do you know what I mean? It is it, it is that. She's such a great dancer. She emotes so well. And she also 
is able to act really well as well. She's a total package in, in, in that way. And also in terms of her personality, I love a tenacious spirit. And that's why I love Madonna as well. That that spirit of saying, you do not get to write me off. I'm done when I say when. Do you know what I mean? And I that's that. very much her. That's very much her. And and that that's what I absolutely love. The, the sort of um, uh, innocent way of being like, oh age old oh okay yeah i don't know what that is anyway i'm off to do another film now do you know what i mean i really yeah. like that really admire that and she's very successful you know her the the proof is in in the pudding and and, and everybody celebrates success let's face it that's that's brilliant because I, I know she's your favorite girl everyone knows she's your favorite mm. i think she is sort of like your favorite thing about bollywood is her isn't it Yes, it is. No. When, I, when I've watched a song of hers, I've wanted to get up and dance. I've wanted to smile. She has that. And, and this is also what's really interesting. This really famous director once said that female actors, no, male actors, sorry, are successful when they have a relatability. If you can feel like you're hanging out with that actor, I'm paraphrasing here, but if you can feel that you can hang out with that actor, he's your bro, he's your buddy, he's a part of your household, then that is the making of a superstar. And the likes of Shah Rukh Khan, you can, you can, yeah. you get that. You're like, yeah, he's an entertainer. He's a great guy. You know, we all know somebody who's like that or something like that. But the reason why female actresses are successful is when they have that sense of mystery and they have that allure and that sense of intrigue about them. And the likes of, say, for example, Deepika Padukone, she has that about her. Yeah. If you saw her on yeah. the streets, you would not go and talk to her. Oh, my God, no. If you saw Ashwari Rai on the streets, you wouldn't go to you know talk what? to I'd, her. I'd be like, stand at a distance. I'm dying to do it, but I'd probably, like, cry in a puddle and die. But Madhuri Dixit, some of the films that she did, she weirdly managed to get that relatability True. exactly like how the male superstars mm. did Hum Aapke Hai Kaun was known for her she did a film called Beta and she was so famous in it they started calling it Beti she said that when Hum Aapke Hai Kaun came out women would come and pull her cheeks and say you're just like our daughter she had that relatability she made that her space her place in every household like a male actor would do and that's why she's able to compete so well wow she yeah. is like she really did the damn thing and then some she's really she's a game she's a game changer yeah you know and she, everyone knows she's an icon legend I, do, I haven't met anyone that loves Bollywood that doesn't love her I genuinely haven't no it's I, 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 I think it's like sacrilege or something you know what I mean and also I wouldn't want to do that in front of you but I don't but even when I got introduced to her I was amazed yeah like I'm like wow she's talented and you dance just like her and you <laughs> smile like her when you're dancing I'm like oh Okay, this is a bit weird. <laughs> well, but we do share this impact. I think that's a great thing about Bollywood, you know. She's a great thing about Bollywood. One thing I really like about Bollywood personally mm. is, um, when I start getting to it, is this whole, you know, the whole, like, concept of masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it, so, for me, it breaks it down. Oh, yeah, it Don't does. Don't you think? Yeah, you know, that, You know, all the, all the guys are in the colourful clothes, dancing, mm. you know, being really non-binary yeah. or breaking down the binary. I think that's a great thing about Bollywood. What, what do you think to that? Why do you think that is... Bollywood is camp. Yeah. Bollywood at its core is camp. Like if you think about some of the yesteryear actors, they they had this campness about them. Um, like say, for example, Dev Anand, who is a really famous yesteryear actor, director, film director. You know, his dance methods and the way he would deliver his songs. 
It was camp or, you know, the Kapoor family, if you think of um, some of the, the greats like Randir Kapoor and I'm losing my the names now, but they were all they were all camp in the way that they would they would perform and the colours and everything. And I, I, I loved that. I absolutely loved that. And this sort of hyper masculinity came about really in the 90s where this violence culture came about. And there are some remnants of it now in films as well. But. I think the uh, I think some audience members sort of missed the mark in the sense that it's not entirely macho because no macho guy dances like that. Do you know what I mean? And that makes me as a new Bollywood watcher feel really comfortable. Mm. You know, especially like Severin Devon, for example. Yeah. What and I follow him on Instagram and everything because what I get from him, I feel comfortable in his space. You know, you know his his masculinity space or whatever you want to call it. I don't yeah. call it that. And when I watch him on screen, he's dancing and he's, you know, doing what he wants to do. I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel like you're just macho guy and I can't watch this and relate and be part of your crew. You know how you said before, like with a guy being, you can, to be a successful actor, it's about that relatability and you can go and have a pint with him at a pub. With him, I feel like you can have a pint with him and have a dance and have a good time. Yes. And so that breaks it down, especially as a gay person watching Mm. Bollywood, you know, and that's fantastic. Do you think we need more strides in Bollywood for the LGBTQ plus community? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, the Kapoor that I was thinking of before was Shami Kapoor. Ooh. The um, when, uh, in fact, I'm just going to play a quick song because then people will know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, in fact, I think this song came on at uh, Club Gali and I was dancing to Shout it. Club Gali. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good night. But let me just play a little bit of this song. <laughs> This did come on. It did, didn't it? And you're it? getting your life. Yeah, and it, it's camp. Yeah. The song's camp. So, like, with, I mean? with so much Bollywood being camp mm. and, you know, really fluid in that way, how, how do you think it can progress for the LGBTQ plus community? Or, or is anything happening? Yeah, I think, broadly speaking, LGBT really pushes the boundary too much. And it crosses that line, that sort of line that is drawn within Bollywood. That Because Bollywood is very much about implying things. Yeah. No, nothing is ever in your face straight, or at least the core of it. It, it was always like that. So they can't be explicit, more yeah, implicit. Yeah, now things are changing massively. I mean, you know, the first lesbian kiss in Bollywood was in the 90s, I think it was. And... Uh, Shabana is me, I think, f- f- with fire. And a lot is happening. My big complaint is that it's very apologetic. The LGBT-centric cinema is always apologetic. It's either co- comedic relief or it's uh, underground. It's very morbid and uncomfortable and unfortunate. It's like films that we watch. It's a really camp older guy that's not married mm. or anything and everyone laughs about it yes. and doesn't really talk about it. Yes. At all. Yeah. In in fact, uh, a really famous film called Raja Hindustani, there was a character like that. He had slightly long hair. He'd wear a shalwar kameez with a waistcoat over it, very camp and, and effeminate. And I think in real life, he's he's quite a renowned dancer. And even in classic dance, you know, Nacha was, you know, they kind of take it from there, I suppose. I think I might be making things up. But anyway, it's always that ambiguous character. And I remember there was this line uh, in which, you know, the characters had fallen in love. And then he says, I've fallen in love as well. And then there's this pause and he's like, I've fallen in love with all these people. As in like, you know, 
everyone and I was like, what a fucking cop out. Obviously that was the 90s. Since then, yes, some LGBT-esque films have come out. The big prominent one was Dostana. Really, really, really funny comedy film. But it was about two straight guys pretending to be gay in order to land themselves an apartment in Miami. Great. Yeah, yeah. Was I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, okay, pretending. <laughs> We're so deter- like married to yeah, no. married to the character. We're like really going with it, aren't we? Married Ooh, and everything. Um, yeah, and it was. It, that's what it was about. It was about being gay in a comedic way, and it was hilarious at the time. It was considered progressive because it was really, really bold, and people were protesting about the film, but they were laughing whilst protesting. They were like, you know, we want great cinema. We want brilliant cinema. We can't have this <laughs> gay stuff. And it, I was like. Like, you're not even convinced of, of being offended yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so that happened. And then since then, um, there have been a few. Uh, Karan Johar, who, uh, um, who is a famous director, he um, released a, a short film which had a gay a twist. So the guy was married to a woman and he has an affair with the guy. So those type of things have come out. But it's still not completely out in the open what i would love absolutely love and this is the the big issue because the thing is you can't hold bollywood accountable and ask them for all the answers uh, films in my opinion i've always said it's a mirror up to society to say this is what you look like and yes there are many gay south asians who you know it was illegal to be gay in india up until recently up until what last year or something so they had to they were forced to live double lives and so if it looks morbid and unpleasant and ambiguous, maybe it's because that's what that's what's happened. That's what's how they've had to live. Now, LGBT people have have historically had their identity erased or denied. People don't want, didn't want to know about the concept mm. of being gay. So maybe that's what's happened over over time. Maybe there was a great Devdas story or a Pakiza or a Mughalayazam that was based on two princes. I would die to see something like that i would absolutely Imagine. i would absolutely love a period film that's based on two male characters or two female characters imagine two ranis dancing and getting married and everything that would be beautiful i'd love it not to be i'd love it to be explicit not to be like hidden like oh maybe who and knows? implied yeah implied. and 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 the thing is i'm sure that in in history they existed you know, say for example, a king that had many wives. What if two of them strategically got married to the king so that could so that they could be lesbians together? Wow! You never know. You just never know. And in terms of you know more LGBT films, uh, a film that Madhuri Dixit did called Deedishkia came out that was based on a short story called The Half, which was about gen um, sexuality and the fluidity of sexuality. And uh, Madhuri Dixit played her character that was. A really strongly implied lesbian. Yeah. But no, pe- people didn't get it. It was people didn't get it. It was very. It was so subtle. But it was a great film. I think I. I really look forward to the time where these giants in Bollywood continue to push the envelope and make that Bollywood film that does not apologize. In fact, even that film Ikler Kiko De Kato Esalaga that came out recently that was about um, a, a lesbian love story. It was really apologetic and it was almost childlike. Um, Sonam Kapoor's character, who likes another girl, she was almost childlike about it. It was like, no, I don't like a a guy. I like a girl. Oh, I don't know what to do. And I was like, it's unfortunate. I'm not criticizing her acting. It was unfortunate that it has to be portrayed like that. Why couldn't, wouldn't it be great if there was such a scene where 
the character knew what homosexuality was about, knew what they wanted, and then they found it and had the same happy happy ending that is given to heterosexual love stories. I would love that. It's incredible. Like mm. I think that that's a movement in Bollywood. But do you reckon it'll ever happen in like Pakistani films? Or because there was that one Pakistani was it a Pakistani film we watched where the Baji was that the one where the like the sons were in it. And oh the, no, that was Kapoor and Sons. Kapoor and Sons, yeah, and he was gay and it was like secretive and his well, mum knew. Well, interesting, because Kapoor and Sons uh, is a Bollywood film. Oh yes, work. But the main character, one of the main characters, Fawad Khan, is actually Pakistani. Yeah. He was a Pakistani actor we playing. Know. He was a Pakistani actor playing a gay character, um, which was which was which was quite bold. But again, it was apologetic and it was hidden and it was a secret, right? Yeah. But um, the film, in terms of Pakistani films, I think yes, I think Pakistan would be quick to follow the trends quicker than it would like to admit. I think there's a little bit of a double standard when it comes to certain South Asian cultures sometimes where. You know, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't put it in our faces. Do you know what I mean? And there is um, an LGBTQ movement in countries like Pakistan, and there should be because people, gay people exist. They're never, they're never going to go anywhere. And uh, recently, a film called Baji came out, which was a Pakistani film which had a gay character. Um, he was a talent scout, and he was portrayed as being a little bit deviant and negative and so on and so forth and I suppose they do that just to appease the the conservatives but um, his character was gay he was like blatantly dancing around he had boys posters on in his dressing room and he was making gestures towards them and hitting on a guy and that was that it was just Work. there it was just there there was no there was no way that you could miss that do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just so obvious. And I thought it was a bold step and it was a step in, uh, in the greater context of things, it was a step in the right direction. It was a great, Baji is a great film, by the way. And ho- hopefully we can get more of that. So like, especially in Pakistani films as well, as well as Bollywood films. Mm. What do you, what are the, just, just so I, well, I know a bit, but what are the differences between, what's the difference between Bollywood and Pakistani films? Not much. And do you prefer one to the other? Or do they both bring something great and different? So the Indian subcontinent, it, it did used to be once film industry. And then after partition happened, that's when some people moved to Lahore and others moved to India or they were based in India. In fact, I, I don't even know if Bombay was the main base. I want to say it was Calcutta, but I might be getting it wrong. Um Historically, they they were considered rivals. They were really, really strong rivals. Lollywood, which is a Pakistani film industry, was at par with Bollywood, if not superior. Would you believe it was? Wow. It was really. That's crazy. It was really, really strong. I mean, you had giants in terms of Noor Jahan, some of the actresses, Sangeeta, um, and then in later years, Reema Shan, uh, Saima, they, they're Anjuman. They were they were they were huge, and. What happened was the country came under military rule, I think, in the 70s. That completely shut down the film industry. He was earning, he was a, a conservative. What was his name? Something Huck, I think he was. He was a general major. And he brought in martial law. He made this massive sort of cultural curb. The industry was brought to his knees. And obviously the whole VHS thing happened. And so the finances just dwindled from the Pakistani cinema. They And so th- what they had to resort, resort in is 
pandering to cheap tricks and cheap thrills. So the women's clothes, women became more covered, but the clothes became tighter and everything was heavily implied. Then in the 80s, something called Gandasa culture uh, really took off, which was just men being hyper-masculine, violent, guns everywhere. Every other film was made like that. Um, and with women just being heavily objectified. And that completely brought the industry to its knees. And it only really began reviving in 2007 with the film Khuda Ke Liye, which came out, which was a brilliant film. It's one of my favourite films of all time. In terms of preference, I don't really have one, but I appreciate the subtle differences in the two films. I think what's great about Pakistani films is that you will get films released in different languages, especially Punjabi and Urdu. That's, that's quite common. Whereas in Hindi, you know, it's you might have dialects, but predominantly the films are released in Hindi. So I think that's great i think pakistani films need to do a little bit of catching up to do and they have really kicked up a notch with baji and i hope similar films come out because first they were interested in um, refining their technical expertise so technically the films are sound now that's great they've got all their post-production blah 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 all down to a t and then they started focusing on their story content to a certain extent or, or trying to bring it better. And they did. And then I think in the last couple of years, Pakistani films got a little bit sloppy. They started to rely on repeated models. So classic boy meets girl, dad hates girl, but they get married anyway. That kind of, you know, cliche storylines. And then people stopped buying it. They thought, ah, no, we're not having this. And so I think... It's good. I think healthy competition is always great. And I think if um, the Indian film industry take note of Bollywood, that will only lead to, to better stuff. And obviously they, they've, they've got political tensions currently, but in, in recent years they've had a lot of collaborations. You know, Indian actors have gone to work, work in Pakistani films. Pakistani actors have been shipped over to India by the dozen. Do you know what I mean? They're playback singers. There's so much talent. And it's, it's a, a cultural exchange of such is only going to strengthen the bond between the countries, but also really show the world what unity is all about. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's great. I think it's great. No, I know what you mean. I think that's that's great. I think there needs to be more unity between, you know, Pakistan and India, uniting across the world, really, don't we? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's only a, a strong thing, especially, you've got to remember, future generations are going to keep keep getting being produced. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, more people are going to see it, and as these children are born into the world and they keep seeing it, the world will only get better. Yeah. And yeah. through... Through art and film, we will make a better world. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, that dictator that I was talking about is called Zia Haq. He oh. was the one who bought back lashings and all sorts. He was just an idiot. Fuck you. That's just brilliant. Um, can we do some Bollywood quickfire? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Are you enjoying this, by the way? Yeah, I know it's, I'm doing, it's really intriguing. I know I'm doing a lot of the talking. Oh, no, I'm okay with that. But do you think you've learned more about me through all this? Well, I knew all this, because <laughs> you talk about it all the time. Sorry. So, um, shut up don't apologise for being you. You've got to be unapologetic like your fave. Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to try our best to keep it quick fire, but these are not quick fire, really. Okay, so, okay. Fave actress and why? Well, we know, come on. <laughs> Madhuri Dixit because she's Madhuri Dixit. Okay. Fave actor and why? Shah Rukh Khan because he is the only complete entertainer. Ooh, do you think? Yes. So what is he completely doing? He, he, 
emotes so well, he acts so well, he can dance, he can light up a room, he's able to, he's so articulate, he's got a great personality, he has that sort of relatability about him. He's he's one of those few actors that has it all. Some have a great body, some have a great look, some have a great way of dialogue delivery, some of them um, fit into a certain model like action films or some people just do romantics. He started, I, I like an unorthodox story, he started off his career as an anti-hero do you know what I mean mm. and he he is a rags to riches story in real life as well so he all of it obviously falls into and, and helps in his performance and it just shows he's just such a great actor and he makes such a great pair with Madhuri Dixie in wow. films why did you go marry him yeah they've done about seven films together I think work mm. fave Bollywood film mm-hmm. in the last five years ooh you can, you can mention a few then we can narrow it down if you want Bajiramastani. That's the number one. Bajiramastani. It was just phenomenal. The story was just so compelling. I loved Priyanka Chopra's character. She stole the show with that in terms of being that silent suffering type and being able to um, channel her performance so well. It was beautiful. The set was stunning. We were starved of a period film. I love a good period film. And it was just technically spectacular. Speaking of Priyanka... Mm-hmm. What do you think of her? And a Jay Hin tweet. <laughs> okay, so we'll break it down into what do I think of her? I think she's a great actor. What do I think of a Jay Hin tweet? I think it was a little bit irresponsible, but if she wants, if that's her way of showing patriotism, then good, f- good for her. If patriotism means uh, ramping up military presence and, um, you know. Shade um, promoting nuclear power or whatever, Woo! then fine, fair enough. I mean, I'm not saying that she's pr- promoting nuclear power, but you know, it is, um, it's just something I think some of the successful, more successful actors out there have been able to have that sense of relatability across boundaries and cultures almost to the point where you can't really put them within a certain culture like if you look at Angelina Jolie she could be European she could be she could even be South Asian she could be American do you know what I mean she has that relatability um, across boundaries Ashwarya Rai is another one of those um, so I think when you sort of box yourself up like that um you're only just doing damage to yourself. She really went and fucked everything up because, oh my God, what was that name of that girl that really came for her? That was amazing. And she was rude as hell to her. Are you done venting? Yeah, you're done venting. And it came back <laughs> at her and it's like, you know what? I'll give you a piece of my mind, Priyanka, when I go and see the Jonas Brothers in Amsterdam next year. <laughs> and you best be there and you best be ready for me <laughs> and what I'm going to say to you. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm coming for you. I'm just like, are you done venting? I'll take a big sign. <laughs> are you done venting? And also, right, are you married Nick Jonas? No, that's my future ex-husband, right? there yeah i'm just saying Literally. sorry about my venting i'm done <laughs> venting now Can't who, is, who is the most beautiful bollywood queen the most beautiful um as an aesthetically pleasing to look at that's not shwari rai or madhuri Dixit. okay yeah you can't pick them too rani mukherjee oh okay where rani mukherjee she's got beautiful eyes my god okay salman khan or amir khan amir khan why 
because he's a marketing genius, he's really he thinks out of the box with his films. I mean, only he at the age of 50 would decide to play the role of an alien and then, you know, in his 40s uh, be a college student uh, or a teacher and then go from that to being a wrestler, a retired wrestler. You know, it's very out of the box. He doesn't rely on the same rhetoric of being an action hero, for example. He pushes himself and he's also got the same name as us. He does, yeah. Lagan or Pakiza? <laughs> oh, you. Uh, Pakiza, hands down. I've started watching Lagan. I've still got I've yet to watch the last 20 minutes of it. I don't see the appeal. Ooh, I don't girl. see the appeal in the film. Sum up Bad Marvet in three words. So, just going back to Lagan. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was great at the time I watched it 19 years later, so maybe that's why I was a little bit like me. But yeah, Pakiza, yeah, it was great. I understand what it's like watching a film later. Well, yeah, 40 okay. years later you can watch um, it. Some of Badmavat in three words. Badmavat um important um beautiful powerful. Wow, I love that. You can't speak anymore about it. Three words done. Mm-hmm. Um no, you can't. Okay. I know you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. but you are not allowed to. Yeah. What moment in Bollywood has been the biggest game changer ever in the history of Bollywood? The biggest One game moment. changer. Ah, oh, that's really hard. Oh, yes, I could pinpoint that. Um 1994, Hamapke Hegon. Tell us about that. Uh, Hamapke Hegon is the big is the highest grossing film of all time in history and would you believe who's in it your fave madhuri dikshit yeah yeah it's the biggest hit it was in the guinness book of world records at one point um that film completely changed the trajectory of the way films are made in our lifetime so prior to that the films were done in a very different way aesthetically they were done very differently there was a lot of um violence and gun culture was prevalent and and um the a- a- 80s and you know 70s was all about the angry young man amitabh bachchan and the 80s was was um kind of a mishmash it was a bit of a hodgepodge and then hamab ke gaun came out it was it's a three and a half hour film i've seen it it's okay but it fell people um people compared it to a home wedding video and it's literally just full of happy people song and dance and a slight sad bit and then it just goes back to that and the way that that film was shot has inspired the likes of kabhi khushi kabhi gham kuch kuch hota hai dil wale dulhaniya le jayenge all the big giants that subsequently influenced you know so subsequent films it was hum aapke hai kon it it, it it made such uh, it was such a pivotal moment in in uh, history and what is the most iconic line said in a bollywood film ever oh there's so many you have one <laughs> um tell me how it was there's so many i mean people are just going to kill me because i know you're not going to talk about a few then well you know रिश्ते में तो हम तुम्हारे बाप लगते हैं नाम है शहनशाह um that's really really uh, popular i love a lot of madhuri dikshit's dialogues obviously no shit sherlock yeah um but i suppose the way i could answer it is one dialogue that really stuck with me is uh, kiran khair's character who's devdas's mom 
says it. And, and what happens in the film uh, is Baro gets married off to a family of an even higher standing than Devdas. And Devdas is left. He sets him. He sets uh, the study on fire and he's just, there's just, uh, he's just burning books and he's locked himself in there and nobody can come in. And it just shows that he's consumed by his, by his own fire, his own anger. Love this quick fire. So it's metaphorical. And Giron Herr's character, she shouts from across the wall and she says har no tanki ke do ankh hote hain pehle ankh mein main aur meri beti naachi thi ab dusre ankh mein tu aur tera beta naachenge which means that every um play has two acts and usually that is the case you have you have you know you you have your interval in the middle and she said in the first act it was me and my daughter on display dancing and 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 being a spectacle and in the second act it'll be you and your son and that's always stuck with me and i think it's it's true to life to a certain extent because sometimes you just have to play the long game and wait and you think right okay the eyes are on me right now but don't worry it will turn the other way so yeah that's my that's that's Ooh, the dialogue I which that. i like and um what are your five favorite bollywood films no reason why what are your your personal five um Okay, the first is obviously Devdas. Uh-huh. Does not have to be in order. Second is Pakiza. Third is Mughal-e-Azam. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in um, maybe uh, Amra Pali. And the reason why I'm putting that in is because I would just want to mention Vejanti Mala. She's one of the greatest dancers in, in Bollywood has ever seen. She's phenomenal. Even Madhuri Dixit looks up to her. Phenomenal. Lovell said no reason. But it's like, no, I need to give a reason. <laughs> this is the reason. I need to talk about her. And then uh, you think f- uh, top five. Yeah. Okay, I actually have a list here. I'm just going to quickly reference to make sure that I'm getting it you right. Have a list so which ones have I said? Devdas, Pakiza, Mughle Azam. I've said, right? Yeah, and that dancer one. Yeah, we can take that one out, actually. Oh, okay then. Um, so, Devdas, Pakiza, Mughal-e-Azam, uh, Padmavad, and let's go tick-tock, with... Tick-tock, tick-tock, Sahib Bivi or Ghulam. Ooh, tell me what that, what's that about. Sahib Bivi or Ghulam is a film that was made by a really famous actor called Gurudat um, in, I think it was the 50s, actually that it came out and it's got tragedy queen Meena Kumari in it and it was actually a film that inspired yeah 1962 it came out in it was a film that inspired Sanjili Labhansali to make Devdas as well and it's about a woman who is married uh, she's of a lower standing and she's married into a, a, an aristocratic family and it is tradition for the uh, for the family for the men to be promiscuous and be entertained by women and go out and do whatever they want and she comes from a simple standing where understanding that you're just meant to love your husband and you're meant to have a great life and she aspires to that and tries to pursue it and um she's ridiculed for it and and everyone's saying your man's not man enough if he's not sleeping around do you know what i mean oh wow and she's like I just want a loving relationship so she does what she can to get his attention and to get his love and so there's one pivotal scene where the character says oh if you want to have fun with me drink this and it's alcohol and she's never drank alcohol and so then they start uh, spending more time because they're drinking and they're having a great time and then she obviously doesn't know her limits because she's never had it before and she becomes an alcoholic and then therefore she's no longer desirable and the family just plunders their money into um 
entertainment and and just are, are wasteful then they get conned and the whole household and everything just comes to an end so it's a really harrowing story in that way but i just really love it the way it shot um guru that was just so smart it's black and white film but it's it's just it's it's a brilliant film really really good sounds interesting yeah what so what is for you what's the what do you think the most important bollywood film is ever the most important one um, not a favourite, just really important. What's that question again? What's the most important Bollywood film? The most important Bollywood yeah. film. Not your favourite, um, but important. I think in I think we'd have to look at it in terms of timeline. So for yeah, so for I I can only I think it's only fair if I speak about Bollywood in terms of the time that I've been around. Yeah. So in um, your lifetime, then in my lifetime, it'll be Lagan. Okay. Why Lagan put Bollywood on the world's map? It was nominated for a BAFTA, if I'm not wrong, mm. um, and it captured the Western audience's attention. They wanted to know what it's about, and it was on TV. It was everywhere. Everybody knew about it, and it was at one time when it, it was cool to be, it was cool to be brown, sort of thing, because everyone wanted but to once. know. By the way, just a correction: Saibi Vir Ghulam was produced by Gurudad, but it was allegedly directed by Abrar. Alvi. However, I've always been told that it was Gurudat who directed it. So, uh, and in fact, there's there's some discrepancy around who directed it. So I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Gurudat. Okay, work. Thank you for that. Yeah. And finally, if you could sum it up, what made you fall so in love with Bollywood? Escape. Yeah. Escapism. It, uh, Bollywood came at a time in my life where. Things started to go down shit or I rather realised that the world that I was born into, I didn't really belong to. And so Bollywood provided that escape, that level of entertainment. I could go watch a video of Madhuri Dixit dancing and walk away with a smile regardless of what might have happened before or after. Work. Yeah. And I know we could talk about Bollywood all day yeah. and many more films. Yeah. But I think I think that's we've given enough. We've I think we've enough. covered a lot of ground. I think... Um, some people might be disappointed because I've gone really old school. I haven't even touched the whys of Kabi Khushi Kabi Ram, Kal Ho Na Ho, Kabi Alvedana Kehna, Veer Zara. They're, I mean, and, you know, talking about some of the other actors and some of the big films like Shole, um, uh, actors like Hema Malni, Dharmender. There's so much that you could talk about. So maybe that'll be a part two. I think, yeah, next year there should be a part two, maybe modern day Bollywood. Yeah. You know, be we more can, specific. We, we, can, we, can, <laughs> yeah. we can really look at that because it is something that you can go on and on about but thank you for all your wise knowledge there oh my and all your facts it's really really impressive and I've learned a lot and um, it was really really fun oh I'm so and, glad um, yeah you can follow us on um, Twitter at YDLM underscore podcast that is YDLM underscore podcast hashtag YDLM podcast you can follow us on Instagram at you don't love me underscore podcast that is at you don't love me underscore podcast on Instagram you can like our pictures view our videos you DM us you can email us you will always get a reply and if you don't keep hitting us because it's got to be there somewhere that message um, thank you for all your emails your DMs all the lovely things that people have been saying we love you guys shout out to my haters <laughs> um, and yeah just thank you for listening and give us some feedback on the episodes and let us know what you think and what you think we could talk about in the future yeah until next time my dear I love you goodbye but you don't love me oh no <laughs>